Sit back, turn the ship over to your covers and relax. We're turning on Flight Assist. O7 Commanders and welcome in. My name is Commander Psykit and with me, as always, is Commander Mal for the win. O7 Commanders. If it's your first time listening, we're glad you found us. Every week on the Flight Assist podcast, we talk to a different commander or organisation, we find out a little bit about them, what they're up to in game, and we talk about the things that we love about Elite Dangerous and its amazing community. Yep, before things get started, we just wanted to say thanks for being here because this podcast would not be possible without the support of listeners like you. That's right. Today is different. Mm. A, a little bit different. We have... There's something special. There's something special about this guest. Yes. Not only the fact that we haven't spoken to somebody who um, has quite this many... I, I believe we haven't spoken to somebody who has quite this many hours. Um, hours in game is my understanding. Um, yeah. But also... Um, Commander Awan is the first person that actually emailed us to say that he would like to be on the show. And when I say that he emailed us, it was absolutely, it was so lovely and out of the blue. We really didn't expect it. We thought we were going to have, as I've said before many times, we thought we were going to have to be reaching out and begging people to come on the show. And um, we thought we'd managed to get like... One every fortnight, (laughs) one every two weeks, something like that. If we were lucky, (laughs) yeah, we thought we were going to have to be begging and scrounging for people wanting to come on. But um, obviously, it's been it's been really nice and really overwhelming to see your guys' support. Um, Mm -hmm. That being said, when um, when Commander Awan emailed me, um, Mm -hmm. he basically emailed us like this big cv essentially just telling us all about his achievements and sending us links to things that he discovered in game and um telling us all about his work with canon um and i was i was blown away that um somebody would be that interested to sort of want to come on the show and want to want to um big himself up so much it really isn't necessary if you do want to come on the show just email us info at flightassistpodcast.com or join our discord which i will is linked in the description somewhere inevitably but um yeah it was really really nice and sweet and lovely and we finally got him on the show i know i know it's it's really exciting i'm really excited because um he's associated with canon uh which is Basically, you can think of them as as the they science the ever loving crap out of this game. Yeah, um, they're responsible for so many discoveries in games, so much cool stuff that we know about. We know about because of the efforts of Canon, and so I'm really excited to get to talk to him for from you know just for the science perspective. Absolutely, absolutely. I can't wait to hear what he's got to say. Hi. Hi, Commander Owen. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, really, really well, thank you. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for coming on. Um, if you indeed, can start indeed. If you can start by telling us a little bit about yourself, sort of basics, your commander name, um, where where you fit in in the Elite Dangerous universe and how long you've been playing. Yeah, sure. Um I'm, uh, my name's Commander Owan. I'm with Canon Interstellar. 
uh, but also moderator uh, of a few other large player groups, uh, Simbed Regime being one of them. Um, I've been playing, well, I've been playing since the, just slightly before release after, uh, actually, I remember back when Vipers went 600 meters per second out of the box and railguns took no ammo. That was a very different time back when. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that's a long time ago. I that's have, the time that uh, predates, I think, both me and Mal. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a, I've got about 6,627 hours in the game or so. Approximately that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, approximately that. Um, I PvP'd mainly for my first year. Um, and I got the privilege, now that I realize it, of being able to play with all of the, you know, major player groups as they started um way back when like the yeah. first week i remember when the bgs was turned on i was turned on a couple days late actually to the game's release but uh, yeah i've been playing around since then and canon fits really well as one of my main groups that i play with because i have uh, astronomy and zo- uh, zoological and biological field backgrounds that i've done for many many years in the in real life so uh, it's fun to take some of that in game. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. absolutely. So speaking of what was it that originally got you interested, got you involved in elite dangerous? Um, that's a very vague memory <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, I remember, well, it was Scott Manley. First of all, I'm mm-hmm. sure most of us know who that is. Uh, he did, uh, does a ton of Kerbal space program stuff. Yeah, and right. he uh, one day I thought I clicked on a Kerbal Space Program video and I'm like, what is this cockpit? This looks different. And I saw him getting interdicted. And I was like, wait a minute. So he's in a ship and that's a he showed the map and like that's a one to one scale galaxy. OK. Huh. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to go check this on Steam. Yeah. And then, yeah, so it was basically Scott Manley and then obviously my love of astronomy and physics based stuff uh, uh, that I, you know, accidental click. And then I was like, yep. All right. Well, I'm heading over to that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice. um, and I su- suppose it's probably as hazy now thinking about it. But can you remember that first time that you logged into Elite, what it was like? I've been thinking about this for a while because I, I knew you guys would end up asking having listened to the show. And it's a weird, a weird memory because I remember starting in LHS uh, 3447, which was mm-hmm. the old old starting system. I remember undocking my Sidewinder and looking around like, oh, this is really cool. And I remember docking again, having no trouble docking for some reason. And then there's this blank space between then and then me the week after using fixed weapons pirating slaves uh manual scooping in a cobra <laughs> so i'm not i don't know how i you know went from you know i i know a lot of people these days i hear of people having you know big struggles uh with like the learning curve and everything being you know instead of a curve it's a wall and this and that yeah. but i really i don't know why i i went i went straight into you know learn having learned fixed weapons within a uh you know a month or so um I don't remember struggling with docking or any of the normal stuff people did. Um, but it might've been a quality of, I did, I noticed the first people that started the game around that time, everyone kind of knew what was going on, even though they didn't know the game because it was a very niche thing at the time, right. To get into elite, you know, no one really knew about it. Space wasn't that uh, hyped up in the media around yeah. that time too much. And it seems like a lot of people, I didn't, you know, there weren't any YouTube videos, but I, and I don't remember a lot of people going, 
oh, what do I do with this? Where do I go with that? Obviously, the game was more you know simpler back then, but I don't remember um, everyone struggling. So I think it was a matter of you know a lot of the people that came to play it came from backgrounds of kind of understanding six degree, you know, flight and you know stuff like that, uh, and playing other sim games and whatnot. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I went I went straight from that and then into PvP. So it was an odd memory. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to do yeah. it for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's the story behind your commander name? Um, well, I'm uh, part Native American and Awana is my name. So, <laughs> so uh, that's yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the name itself is Native American and it translates to there isn't really an English equivalent, but it translates to someone, um, not someone as in, you know, just anybody, but uh, someone with character, but with no name. And again, that's right. kind of a, a kind of oh. a bizarre um, concept to Western uh, Western thought, because most of our stuff is very rigid and, ha- you know, our, our, our language is very, you know, borders between every little thing. And right. uh but yeah, the Native American names often emphasized a uh, and emphasize you as a ecologically important being, but without the sort of egotistical air that you often have towards names, especially with uh, English, where we often yeah. mistake right. that name as like a, a fixed identity of a person. Uh, right. You know, people get really attached to the idea of who John Doe is uh, or, you know, Henry. And then when. Henry does something different all of a sudden after knowing him for years, that seems out of character and people often feel like they've been duped or he's cheated them this whole time or simply wasn't telling them who he really is. But uh, the name intends to kind of step past that duplicity. But since we don't really have, uh, you know, words <laughs> in English that are yeah. more about uh, ja- the Japanese and a few other cultures would understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of words yeah. that uh, describe the qualities of life without trying to retain them, but that's kind of the general, general yeah. feel of the name. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, and, and to your point, the fact that we don't have words in like standard American or uh, British English to, to kind of describe those concepts without going into a in-depth you know, description of them tells yeah. you how little those concepts are important to yeah. You really <laughs> to the people who originated the language. You, you know, really, like, you really have to like walk around the subject in English, and it, yeah. it's it's actually why I got into I study Japanese myself now, um, mainly because of that. Of realizing how many, you know, uh, talking with a lot of people from different cultures, uh, Japanese have a lot of the same quality names or quality descriptors as uh, Native Americans. Uh, had and one of the interesting one of the most interesting things to me was that a lot of japanese would say yeah when i uh when i try and talk and or have a certain thought in english i can't really have that same thought as i would in japanese (laughs) because there's just not uh it's the 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 emotions that the english language invokes are very hard and stern on top of not having words for it (laughs) so the name the the name of one is more of a descriptor of a quality of the natural world rather than intending to bring to mind the specific person we usually associate with the name uh so that's that's a long long long-winded explanation but there you go i have i have learned something today i wasn't expecting to so thank you very much for that that's awesome (laughs) um 
Talk to me a little bit about um, you. You mentioned you you've aligned with a a fair amount of squadrons, um, and like from there from the offset. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about Canon. What made what was it that mm-hmm. got you into got you into doing stuff with them? Well, um, let's see what time period is that. Um, for my first year, I mainly PvP'd and did nothing more than that. Um, I played with all the big groups I could and. Eventually, I stumbled, me and my friend were just talking one day in in in-game chat, and he was like, hey, uh, remember that old trailer from the Wings update? You know, this is way back. Um, Mm. He was like, yeah, well, you know how it said that there was an unknown artifact in that T7? And I was like, yeah, what about it? It was just a trailer. Yeah, well, someone said that they might have found something like that in-game. I'm like, Uh, puzzles in game that the developers might have put in hold on (laughs) and uh i remember be floating around canon's players uh for a very long time before it became as big as it did i didn't really get in with canon until the guardians but that little you know bit of um finding unknown artifacts inside uh the federal convoys pirating them and then seeing that they did different things pointed to different areas uh, had octal, binary, and different ways of encoding and saving that and relaying that information, I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. So when the Guardians came around, um, I got on a huge, what felt like an in-game archaeology kick. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was amazing at that time period because we had a mission that gave us 101 logs. And the only way to find them was to keep finding more bases. But the way it worked was that you know, some bases only had one new fragment. Some bases had copies of all the other ones and didn't have anything new. So as you were finding these by hand, it was, you know, like a real dig site sort of feeling in game. Hey, just, we just found out, we just found another that had, it only has one log, but it's something extra about their lore. And that really got me tied in. And eventually uh, after being there from the start of the guardians, trying to complete that mission, I managed to finish that mission with some canon players we found the last log at the same time and we all tried to get the instancing to work to to get it to come up because there was a bug with the one of the last uh logs and uh i lo and behold didn't realize i was sitting amongst a bunch of canon cannoneers and was helping them finish uh, <laughs> the thing <laughs> and uh yeah so after that then i just kind of migrated into into their discord uh, i joined them and then i kind of went on their guardian ruins uh, part of their Guardian Ruins verification team with some of the their friends, um, you would have to go out and hand, you know, verify. If someone said they found something, they would upload to a spreadsheet, and then you would have to go there and verify that they did it because, you know, a lot of people want to say that they were the first to find something. Right. <laughs> and that, so we would have <laughs> yeah, verification especially, teams. Especially like a Guardian site. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the temptation is definitely there to say, oh, I found, oh, it's not in the spreadsheet. I'll just say that I found it first kind of thing. I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. Now, nowadays we don't have that problem because we have uh, the Canon plugin, which the only way for you to upload to our API now is by scanning in game an object with it. So they can't, you know, just 
magically make an object appear. It's much, much better than verifying by <laughs> eye flying it's so 100,000 light, yeah. 100, light year circuits. <laughs> it is so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a lot of legwork to go and um, verify other, other commanders. Was. That must have taken up such a, a big part, a big part of your time in game while mm-hmm. it was going. Now, I'm not familiar at all. Um, and I'm sure we have quite a few new listeners. Um, Mm. Of this a hundred, but new to the game, sorry, new to the game listeners, um, mm. of this a hundred log mission, um, could you just like clarify that a little bo- bit more? Oh, for you're me? talking about the, uh, the, the, the cannon the, challenge, that, that, yeah. What, what was yeah. that? I'm not familiar with it at all, yeah. Well, um, I think, uh, no fools, he was he was talking about it, and I, I read a, I read a bit over it. Basically, it's every single um unique thing organic or poi otherwise that we have marked they have a loop um for you to visit and it's uh a very long you know i think he said five thousand or five hundred thousand light year <laughs> trek or something i i got let me let me let me pull it up really quick while i'm while i'm talking about it because i don't remember the distance but he um yeah he was like yeah you can uh do this uh unfortunately all of us can't be like Commander Crim Shadow, who has already scanned uh, 59% of all biological and cloud types in the catalog. So really it's got, crazy. it's wow. Yeah. Out of, and I, now it should be unique, uh, unique catalog. So every biological, every Lagrange type, everything in the codex, and then everything that's, you know, Xeno or whatnot that, that isn't in the codex, because there are some things that are missing. Um, and yeah, it's uh, not for the faint of heart. This trip covers 500,000 light years, which is further than many of you will have traveled in your entire career. But mm-hmm. we here at Canon <laughs> do 100,000 every week now. We, <laughs> we, well, we used to. We used to have to do that with the verification team, and some of us still do. But yeah, so it's a, it's a long run for a 500,000 light year round trip. Um, all of the clouds, bios, um, inorganics, and anomalies. It's a run to visit them all. Uh, basically is what he uh he described it as so if anyone's interested in uh looking more into that and spending a hell of a lot of time uh <laughs> that's at uh canon.science uh forward slash codex forward slash will you take the canon challenge but you can probably just find it easier by typing in will you take the canon challenge because google loves to pull up canon <laughs> things when i type in the actual weapon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice wow that's Gosh, a, I can't imagine. That's that's an intense trip, like five hundred thousand plus him light years. Plotting that now, I'm sure he, I'm sure he used one of either used one of our tools, um, our plotting tools that we have. But that's still, you know, I was recently, I recently got into digging through the API itself um, to see how many sites we were up to. And the last I saw, this was a couple months ago, we're up to twenty five thousand log sites plus, you know another 10,000 or so that are out of some odd reports. Some of them are duplicates, obviously in that, but as far as genuine unique sites, I believe what I read was 25,000 individual sites logged. So I'm sure our our API tanks at about 30, (laughs) 30 some odd terabytes a month or something like that. (laughs) Wow. Canon, it's not only, um, it's not only sort of guardian, guardian stuff and Thargoid stuff. It's all, it's all of your, is it all of your other things like your Lagrange clouds and finding finding that information too? Mm-hmm. It's um, it's really 
it's everything. And on top of that, it's not just, um, you know, one group. A lot of people, when they hear of Canon, they go, oh yeah, that, that one group that always finds things before me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Canon is, uh, you know, a mix of not only a ton of independent commanders, it's not only a mix of uh, a bunch of other player groups, but it's a mix of a couple different science groups. We have a, a French science group and whatnot, and everyone kind of, mm-hmm. a German one, everyone kind of melds together under this, uh, really just, uh, I was about to say umbrella, but that makes it sound more inclusive. Everyone really merges together in an area where they can come into it's a library <laughs> of sorts for elite and pick yeah. through things. And uh, very, very helpful. You learn a lot about how the game works under the hood when you run a test and then you have, you know, a couple hundred other people that run the same test. Uh, you can really learn how the game reacts just on a, on a code level, um, mm. which is really... Yeah really important for figuring things out further in the future um especially when it comes to the cryptography that frontier loved to put in uh decoding uh, octal from binary and audio and all (laughs) yep it's a lot i was i was really um it was really quite recent that i Mm. realized that people were putting people had to put like sound sound files through Images is that right? Spectrograms, spectrum analyzer, spectrum yeah. analyzer. That's it. You know, I used to. I I I love reading about ARGs. I don't do ARGs myself, but all that kind mm. of because I don't I don't feel like qualified enough to be able to do them. I I know where to go and have a look <laughs> and find out how to do it. And I've played around with stuff before, but um, th- things like that absolutely fascinate me how these how people work stuff out completely and utterly fascinate me and blow me away i Um, I agree i i would love to know who in frontier whether it's one or a couple people is putting these in together because there is some wacky stuff that i've never seen in any other game but you know this game allots to have that sort of uh level of cryptography with it but um you know, I'm, I, guess, I suppose that kind of comes with the nature of it with how uh, the Stellar Forge took, you know, people with PhDs to figure out. I, exactly. <laughs> I shouldn't be too right. surprised that there's some, you know, heavy, heavy cryptography uh, in here. It's so yep. awesome. It's it's a, like it's such a um, it's a, a level that I don't like people. People know about the law. We've spoken to commanders who are hugely into the law and that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and have pointed us in that direction. But that the law is amazing and wonderful. But then there's also the people who have researched the law and found out where next to go, not just by something being being told to us in a in a recorded mm-hmm. voiceover like with the right. with the ages sites not the ages sites the inner sites for example mm-hmm. like actually having the listening posts and then having to go and figure those out it is wonderful to me i love it so much <laughs> yeah. it really yeah, excites I, me i very i very much enjoyed it it's uh obviously gotten slow over the past you know year and a half um mm. but uh, right. i really i really enjoyed the first year to two years because there you know we were doing it all by hand and by eye uh, in most cases and while it was definitely a slog and most of us were begrudgingly annoyed that we had to do it there were a lot of techniques which uh, i'll probably give an answer to in a bit when you ask a, another question i uh, <laughs> i have in mind but uh yeah there's a lot of techniques we had to employ and now though after doing it I am happy that we can just left click and find most bot and uh, most uh, POIs on bodies, but I am glad I got to do it right. the hard way first. 
Mm. Yeah. So speaking speaking of like um, figuring out these puzzles, and you you talked a little bit about the the plugin to help collect data. What mm. sort of resources do you use in and out of game for like for to support Canon, support your play style? Um, these days, and I used to use everything in the sun. These days, I don't really <laughs> use much anymore. I suppose the photographic memory helps. Um, yeah. <laughs> EDMC, yeah, EDMC with the um, Canon plugin uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah, right. The Canon's API I use a lot of. Um, okay, and um, I use a lot of IRL astronomical catalogs actually because okay. um, you know obviously they have plugged in a lot of that stuff via the Stellar Forge. But uh, there's a lot. There's a few different ways to search up systems that most people don't realize. It's not just right. the system name. Uh, sometimes it's names that don't even uh, appear in the game, and you can use yeah. the real data. Uh, so often, when I'm trying to find really bizarre stuff that's off the galactic plane by eighteen thousand light years, I'll use <laughs> uh, out of game, you know, real astronomical catalogs. Um, right. My favorite, which is no longer around and i'm very sad was uh ex tool i don't know if either of you ever heard of it because i I've hadn't heard of it until that. it was yeah it was um it it served two functions um one it took basically everything we had cataloged in all of the spreadsheets and you could cross-reference it to get a mean average for right. stuff you wanted to find so let's say you uh Cy, you want to go out and find crystalline shards and normally you would go you know, boy, I hope to find them by randomly being in the sector where they're supposed to be found. Well, mm-hmm. the, EX tool, the EX tool would take every known thing that has uh, every known system that's been found with them, cross-reference everything from the system mass all the way down to the um, all the way down to, you know, bodies, distances, typing, material content and say, well, here's the max end and here's the medium end or the minimum end, you could probably go maybe a little over and maybe find them, but uh, here's your mean and here's where you'll find them. And that tool took me real. It it gave me an easy way to do it. I have my own now that that um, is gone, but that gave me an easy way to, you know, go from, boy, I hope I sure find something in a, in a couple weeks time out here to, I'm kind of bored. Let me go and find some new crystallines in an hour or so. (laughs) It it sounds like an insane amount of work. Yeah, to yeah. to do to maintain something like that, but what a use, what a handy tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. I, I really really enjoy it. The last thing it did was you could um, it would show your position on a planet, and you could see it on the website to other commanders. Now that doesn't sound important, but if you didn't have the DSS back when with the probes, mm-hmm. and you were right. searching by eye. There's a technique you can usually glide around mostly half of a planet in, in one go. So what we would do was right. 24 commanders would get up at the North Pole. Everyone would turn on EX tool and see where we were, displace ourselves appropriately and follow a particular line around the planet. So imagine, um, you know, pouring paint on the top of a beach ball and all the droplets yep. that run down. We would yep. go down and see where each other were and we'd be able to scan a planet in one go without having to, uh, you know, (laughs) do it one person by eye. And we could, because we could see where we were, we knew we really hadn't missed anything and could move on. That's how we would find stuff so quickly. uh, That's so awesome. 
That's really cool. So you you don't just rely on so real quick a little bit of background for yeah. for you on me is number one I just joined Canon yesterday because oh, cool. I'm starting to really get into the science of of bringing science and, and astronomy and astrophysics into elite dangerous because I got my minor in astronomy when I was in college. So nice. Uh, a lot of people don't realize like. Uh, HIP and HR systems and stuff, those, those are designators for catalogs. So yep. you have like the Hipparchos catalog is HIP. The Bright Star catalog from Harvard is HR. So these names come from somewhere. They come from these different um, astronomy resources, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so it's really cool to hear you say that you use these external um, – <laughs> You rely on external tools, and I'm guessing you probably refer to star catalogs like that Um uh, when when you're doing your research so it's i mean it's like actual scientific research in a way more than it is gameplay yeah i was just talking the other day um to uh, roy cookson and, and <laughs> i was like he was like hey how, how have you been after i helped you with looking around the map a few days ago and i was like oh, pretty good um i had i've played like the past three days oh what have you done uh, I've just sat in the map for like three hours each day <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it, using those really helps for a lot of different reasons. Um, specifically recently, I've been looking into the, if the potentiality of there being, uh, streams, star streams that leave, you know, out from the Milky Way, which exist in real life, globular clusters and whatnot that go way up. And there's these, arcs and streams of stars that are really you know sparse in between but um uh being able to use stuff like the ngc uh new general catalog the two mass the two micron all sky survey two mass yeah uh the ic and index catalog collins all that um if you just type the first catalog name in and then you start typing in a couple numbers without completing the whole thing it will mm-hmm. send you way off to this stuff that you know edsm doesn't even you know recognize obviously no one's been there in most of these cases but usually people have input hey this system exists here but right. uh there was recently a cluster i found that was eighteen thousand light years off the galactic plane to the point where what to the point where the gal- the galaxy map it was outside of the border of the galaxy map. So you could only go down so far. And the way to find it was to hit enter on your search, wait till Mm -hmm. it zoomed into the border where it couldn't go anymore, then tap enter really quick again. And it would try and go. It went like a thousand some odd uh, on the coordinates downwards past the border. It would zoom in on the system and then flip back up because it couldn't stay there. Uh, that oh, system for weird. that system for anyone who wants to check it out is right next to the classic uh, AAVSO space 2020 plus 33 system. And if you type that in, it'll zoom you out to the middle of nowhere. And then once it stops, press enter <laughs> again and be amazed at, you know, the fact that things exist to where we can't even zoom out and look at them. <laughs> That wow. blows my mind. It that really, does. It really does. I've been sat here the the impl- just going, what? <laughs> what? What gets me is the implications of that. Obviously, you know, we don't have any way to get there. And, you know, who knows if we ever would. But I would imagine if I was, you know, the devs, I'd be like, well, at some point I want people to have, you know, secret ways to get over to some of these, you know, yeah, hard to reach people areas. People who so. have found them, if, they, if yeah. people have found them, we want to do something with them, you know? Yeah. 
So oh, that's yeah, so that, cool. that's that's my main reason for using the Galactic catalogs. I've used them in the past, but uh, because FDev tend to hide things in you know very important systems, I used to run like a a constellation um, mapping project, which I really just do on my own now. But uh, most you'd be surprised that most of their stuff for the starting of all of the different stories usually tends to land somewhere in one of the stars of the uh, of the zodiac and or just important you know um, Greek Roman um, constellations and if you manage to find all their stars now they're not named the same in game that's why you need to go to the actual catalog yeah. and you type that catalog name in and it will go there regardless of what the you know galaxy in-game name is uh, so yeah there's, there's a lot of when you spend enough time with the games, a lot of ways to ham fist things that wouldn't normally yeah. <laughs> work. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was really cool. I think I used it was either uh, GuideStar or GuideStar Two um, in conjunction with the in-game map to find the real-world equivalent of Pathamon, hmm. which is yeah. the home system for my squadron. And it was cool to go outside and look up and say, "Okay, I can see." you know, HIP 6442 and HIP 7277. So this star that's in between them yeah. is Pathamon. But in the in the general catalogs, in the regular astronomical catalogs, it's not called Pathamon. It's yep. just this string of bizarre numbers and letters. I, I think you're the only person that I've ever talked to about it that's been like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> outside of outside of canon well i guess you're a part of canon now but just just the general people you know come up and yeah well this is what i'm doing and they're like you can do that yeah it's a long story (laughs) i don't feel like explaining (laughs) (laughs) cool that's it like i mean i'm so interested i'm so so interested to hear you guys i literally i know i kind of understand maybe half of what you're talking about i kind of get it (laughs) that's Um, okay i I was very confused (laughs) when i started to be honest it is so it's so mind-bogglingly interesting to me though so um yeah. yeah oh my gosh that's so cool um when you're playing elite what do you what do you use to play elite because i know you mentioned pvp a lot of people use keyboard and mouse for pvp what's your preferred mm-hmm. um play style um, now i have a very uh unique setup i used to play fully keyboard and mouse always i've mm-hmm. and i'm still on keyboard and mouse with a minor exception um i played keyboard and mouse the entire length i've I think the only time I picked up a controller was because I wanted to just see what, what do console players go through? And I was like, ah, <laughs> no, <laughs> and set yep. it down at per, per, completely personal preference. But I was like, no, I am good. But um, I noticed myself running into a few situations where I don't have an in rollover keyboard, which means I can't press more than eight keys at once uh, with one hand. And I guess I can press more than eight keys at once with one hand. And I have needed to do that a few times. Um, so I noticed I needed a an extra input. I thought about foot pedals, and I'm like, ah, I really want something on my hands. I'm used to using my hands. So I have what is probably one of two um, of the only devices like it on the market. It is a regular mouse with a full real analog joystick on the side. <gasps> I see. I saw um, Harris Heller did a review of a mouse with a with a mini stick on it now there's there's only two on the market i searched for a really long time there might be another one as, as of this recording and obviously i'm sure there'll be more in the future but um there's only two real ones on the market but this one is the only one that's real that is 
the joystick is actually on the side and it's a joystick. It's the um, Asus uh, ROG Chakram. Unfortunately, I had to buy, you know, spend a bit extra money than I would have liked to because it comes with, uh, you know, lights and all this stuff that I, I don't care about. But right. um, the other option I was thinking about was the Lexit PU94. But the mm-hmm. analog joystick for that, it has two joysticks. The one on the side is a is a digital. That's a regular thumbstick. But the actual six-axis joystick, the entire mouse rocks around on a pivot. And that's wow. the joystick. But I'm that's like, ridiculous. I'm like, that's cool. I can see how you can use it. I've seen people use it, but there's no way in hell I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be PvPing in a, you know, in my Cobra killing. FDLs <laughs> with like really niche builds trying to finesse this mouse to okay I need to slide to the left but I need to rock to the right and I'm like that'd be a little too confusing so now yeah. I have yeah the Asus ROG Chakram um, and it's a full analog uh, joystick on the side so if I really wanted to get wacky I could literally have pitch roll and uh, yaw all on the mouse. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. I have decided to just put my laterals on the, um, my, you know, uh, manu- all my maneuvering thrusters up and down and left and right on the, uh, on the thumbstick so I can mm. keep my left hand a bit more free. So I have a general PVP setup, but that one bizarre exception that uh, I'm sure most people don't even know exists. <laughs> Cause I really didn't know it existed until I saw the Lex itself. But uh, you know, I skipped out on that cause I heard that, uh, its software was not that great. And also, like I said, I was worried about moving the mouse and then I tilt the axis or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Crikey. Yeah, it's weird. Wow. I know. <laughs> so it is it's really, really weird. Cool, it's cool. It is cool, but it's, it's yeah. super. I'm, I'm kind of like that. I'm just thinking to myself that that's like repetitive strain injury waiting to happen. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very an ergonomic nightmare. Yeah, I will, I will say like um, for the, for the uh, chakram, it is um, a bit farther back or a bit farther forward than you would maybe expect if you buy it. So make sure to look if uh you think your hand might fit for it, but it is your thumb already rests right where the th- uh, the joystick is, and the joystick is um, uh, it's flat. It's not like a game controller um, to right. where it rocks around and it's kind of a dome shape. This is you know on a flat plane, so you're you just slide up, down, back and forth. And I don't know, maybe I have an easier time because I play guitar and do piano, and my hands are already you know strong for right. that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but. I would say it's it's very very comfortable. I've never noticed uh, really having any issues other than I would maybe like it to be a little bit bigger. But you know, it, there's only one like it on the market that I could find, so I'm not going to complain too yeah. much. No, absolutely, definitely. Wow, nice. I'm blown away by that. Yeah, <laughs> blown away by the idea of them having a mouse on a rocker. It's just. I, I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't spread that info too much. I'm going to have PVPers <laughs> buying the mouse, maybe, because <laughs> there was always a there was always a specific maneuver I couldn't do without pedals uh, because I didn't have the extra inputs. And I'm like, right. I really want to do this. Every time I would see it in PVP, mainly in CQC, actually, because um, it's much more easy to notice because the fighters have more maneuvering uh, abilities. But um, I would notice people doing it, and I'm like, I really want to do that. It throws me off every time, but I can't press that many keys. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that helps. <laughs> That's awesome. That is insane. So, 
Um, given the heavy science background and the unique control system, what would you say? What would you say you're best at in game? Mm. Oh, what haven't I done? <laughs> After six thousand <laughs> six thousand six hundred hours, I would say probably knowledge of the underlying game mechanics. Uh, I can expound upon that in a second. The PV- PvP. And finding new organics on a whim when I get bored. Uh, <laughs> as far as underlying game mechanics, I don't mean just the game mechanics you play, but um, how the game behaves on like a, a, a reactionary um, and code base level. Um, you know, how the game will behave if you poke and prod its instances uh, in a certain fashion here or there, uh, which is, I suppose, very fitting for an involvement with the science group at this point. But <laughs> uh, having been with Canon for so long, and we've ran so many tests on bonkers things that are far out, make no sense, things that are really grounded and they worked. Uh, we've tried so many things that after you do this alongside a couple hundred people over and over in a few different w- ways here and there, and then someone changes it up and does something else, you begin to get a really clear picture of how all the pistons, you know, gears, cogs, instances and mechanisms actually you know make the game function as a whole like underneath the hood right. and that comes in handy when uh fdev implements something new because yeah. it helps us decode right. and figure things out uh new mechanics out in the future because usually fdev are pretty smart about it they'll add in they add in the base idea and then the next puzzles will expound on that plus adding something new. So it's pretty easy to follow a track record through and figure things out quickly. We used to get a ton of hate uh, about, you know, Canon get fed information from FDev as soon as a patch goes because the FDev want people to see that, you know, things happen in the game. But, you know, right. those people don't realize when you sit there and stare at the, you know, you know, a monkey with a stick poking something after long enough with a you know a thousand monkeys together, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna mm, figure yeah. out how the game works, the t- the tendencies of the way the devs implement things, and then you know where to go from there. And it also helps that we have some people with degrees in you know crypto stuff to be able to f- <laughs> decode right. things. Yeah. So that helps. <laughs> that helps. That helps. But uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say those in that order because PvP was where I started, but now. You know, when I see something go wrong, I go, okay, that's that. That's likely a bug. That probably isn't a bug. And that's just because I'm an instance with someone, um, you know, and that really, really matters for running clean tests on things and not just getting, you know, clustered results haphazardly. And on the flip side of that, um, what do you, and you said what you're best at, what do you enjoy doing the most? Hmm. Uh, I've really been enjoying the cataloging stuff recently. I, there's nothing in Elite I've never enjoyed. I've always gone from kind of like I am now with the using the outsourced uh, catalogs. I've gone from like, man, I'm really enjoying mining right now. Man, I'm really enjoying this particular PVE thing we're doing. Man, soloing, you know, uh, two Medusas and NFDL is pretty fun. Well... Now I'm having fun cataloging. <laughs> now I'm having fun cataloging, uh, you know, star clusters. Uh, so basically, it changes quite a lot. Then. Yeah, it, it, it changes quite a lot because, and I feel like for, with my personality, but it also has to after you've been playing for so long. And yeah, you know, we've also been a year outside of the carriers, which has been really, really cool. 
um, which saves Canon so much time mm. uh, on in in sourcing, yeah. you know, hard to find items like probes and all that. Um, we've been really dry on on new stuff, but uh, then again, uh, as people remind me often when I say, "Man, I wish FDev would add in, you know, some more here because I'm getting dry." The reason we find new stuff when updates come out is because you know that's the newer things that FDev add right then and there. But how many things have we not found? you know, that they put in from the beginning, case in point, found a couple new bases just yesterday that had story to them. So it's, uh, it's, you know, it's a never ending cycle, which kind of can leave you frustrated and why you take breaks because you're like, is what I'm looking for really there? Mm. Because there's been times where, you know, FDev talked about in Galnet, the generation ships, but, you know, then a patch came out and all of a sudden, boom, 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 we were finding a ton of generation ships. And it was like, three some odd months or so later after the Galnet post. So uh, some of those things can get a little frustrating uh, where you take breaks and, and migrate out. But uh, yeah. I mean, it, there were a couple of generation ships that were discovered, not just the Golconda, but there were a couple of generation ships that were discovered quite a while after that, that initial sort of like run of them came out. It was a good few months. Yeah. That, you know, that I have I have no clue on. Like they could, they can add them you know, anytime yeah. I suppose that they, they want, I would imagine they would, I was kind of counting and I'm like, they would at least have 10. Okay. Well, we found 11. They at least probably have about 20. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know what we're exactly up to now. Sixteen. Um, yes. Yeah, 16. That's the so, one I know. So. I can tell you that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, well, you're, you're teaching me something. So yeah, no. Um, yeah, it, it can, it can be give or take, but generally that's how I, I feel about it coming and going so it's it's probably fair to say then that what you enjoy most is just being in the cockpit <laughs> yeah yeah just, just well flying the ship. i guess now like being the in the galaxy map change, but, yeah. <laughs> now, now it's sitting in the galaxy map yeah it's really really being an elite <laughs> being able to being able to travel is nice um yeah because I, I started the game when i was really really uh really really sick for like a year and a half i didn't i couldn't leave the house and I was mainly just in the right. house on my own. So um, I got really deep into, hey, I get to you know move around and talk to people here, find people organically like I would on the side of the street and start talking to them, uh, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, really the really the travel gets me more than I think the cockpit sometimes. Oh, nice. Hmm. So um, uh, is there, I mean, with over 6,000 hours in game, I'd imagine you've pretty much probably gotten to mess around when and sort of do anything is there anything that you haven't gotten to focus on that you that you feel a pull from in game mm, not really like i've done yeah i've done so much of everything um like there isn't there's nothing from power uh playing really hard for like three months with uh the felicity winters the flc their mm-hmm. power play group all the way down to doing you know thargoid uh saving systems from uh before they hit incursion all kinds of things uh, i think if anything i'd like to go back to probably the flip side with how long i've been playing actually a <laughs> better question is i anything i'd like to go back to would be right. playing with a small set of people that i used to have as closer friends in the game uh which was around around about three years ago because now i find myself traveling between player groups like i always used to but 
people really only ask questions. So uh, like I get in, yeah. <laughs> I get into like a voice chat. Uh, let's, you know, back when I would, I would just log on a friend or two would be on and we just do whatever was available. Sometimes we'd go across the galaxy. Sometimes we'd be, you know, just, you know, sitting in a hazard like everybody else. Uh, and, but now, you know, when I get into different uh, chats or voice chats, Hey, so what if you, th- yeah, it's over here. And of course I, I have a, I, I have a teaching background. So my, my instinct is I can't help, but yeah. explain. And then yeah. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> Yeah, it's over there, kid. Um, <laughs> you can do this. There's that. You can decode with this. Here's the spectrogram files. Cool. Hey, how do you do? <sighs> so, that, that, the, if anything, I would like to go back to having a, a close group of just a few people that like to get on and do things without asking too many questions. But just I suppose to bumble the game, about in space a little yeah. bit. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. Yep. <laughs> I'd like to get some more of that. <laughs> So, um, uh, on, you you giving a lot of advice to commanders. Um, on the flip side of that, if you run into trouble in game, mm-hmm. who who is it that you turn to? Mm-hmm. Let's think. Well, usually, if I'm having trouble with something, uh, there's this cool guy. His name's Google Spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he really helps out a lot. No, uh. It really, if I'm having trouble with something, I'm usually having a complication of finding out if it's uh, something I'm searching for through like old data because the game's been running so long and some things were server hosted, some things were hosted on websites and some things were on Google Sheets. And with stuff being spread out, sometimes it's hard to find really old information of, did someone come across this before? Did they see this before? So usually the Canon API, uh, Google Spreadsheets, um, as far as actual people, Worst case scenario, uh, Commander Pan Piper, who has probably found over, you know, 300 plus of the Thargoid barnacles in his time, as of me saying this. <laughs> um, uh, no Fools, who he has made, uh, he's made a lot of tools and he makes, um, he was the one that posted, I believe, about the uh, the new Canon Challenge. Or uh, Commander mm-hmm. Node, those are all people in um, the Canon Discord. Because as far as the general game like i have a like i said the photographic memory helps but i really don't have any troubles with anything else other than hey was this seen before or i saw this estrangement going on what what is this have you guys seen it huh and then so we usually chat it out in in canon chat or if the api doesn't answer my questions uh so yeah it's usually science canon yeah related hmm. um this is a, this is going to be another one that's probably going to be tough because, again, with over six thousand hours in game, there's been a lot that you've come across. I, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, um, a and a stories. lot that you've had <laughs> a lot you've, that you've had the chance to discover. So, what would you say is your fondest or the most amazing thing that's happened to you while you were in game, while you were in elite? Good lord, uh, <laughs> right? It's like my mind right now is like starting you open up the uh, gal map at sad J and then you just zoom back and all I'm th- that's, that's my memory right now with all these, <laughs> <laughs> all these instances I've had. Uh, fondest memory <sighs> probably would be finding guardian runes out in the pry Haipu nebula, which is uh Oh Lord. 
12 or 14,000 light years away from the bubble. It's one of those two. It's a, uh, near the near and or in are on the fringe of the temple uh, sector. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that was an area that we had found brain trees in. we had found some other commanders had found one or two guardian ruins before that, but no one really want, you know, ventured out there. They did head out, but no one really found any more. And this was before we, I think we were fully, at least before I was fully as certain that, you know, if you find brain trees, that means there's guardian ruins in ma- not just a one or two, but in mass. And um, so I was like, I took that on, took that on a hunch for what it was, and was like, I bet there's more of these out here. And uh, went on a long trip, uh, kind of roundabout, found a few other things, and then when I got there, I think uh, two days into the Prahypu Nebula, I found uh, a couple sets, and I think I sent you, I sent you guys the link of that, and um, the mm-hmm. next. The next day I, I posted on Reddit and said, hey, guys, there's like a big, big bubble out here. And then all of a sudden there came this big flock of independent people. And I'm sure some people from Canon. And then they all went out and, you know, we they started finding them all left and right in that area. And uh, I remember uh, that same day, Obsidian Ant, uh, I hear I hear him pronouncing my name mildly incorrectly, but it's OK. Uh, he, <laughs> I was in, I was in, uh, in an Obsidian Ant video and he was like, oh, you, uh, Commander Alwan has found, you know, uh, so-and-so guardian ruins. Cause it had been a dry spell for a long while. We had yeah. found, we had found mm-hmm. a lot in the Sinuef sector, um, where right. the main kind of oval shaped pill is, pill bubble is. And then we had kind of found sparse here or there. Okay. It looks like there's guardian ruins, you know, a decent way out, but never we I don't, we weren't fully concerned that oh there's like you know full on more bubbles out there and hell there was just you know one found last year that it's taken almost a year to find uh a couple ruins in that area uh, middle of nowhere space so there's still a lot more <laughs> out there and i was thinking actually mm. of going out and doing that again because i think that's one of my favorite in tying to that favorite memory of obsidian throwing a, a video because i found uh <laughs> ruins was that's that's really fun to go do is go way out and yeah, we're, we're assumed that something's out here. And then you look through your data, cross-reference it and go, all right, it should be here, here and here. And then sure enough, you you find it in a few days or a week and it, it's a really nice feeling. What so. is it that keeps you logging back in? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it I think it, it depends. It's usually you know, trying to work on an, an idea that I have of there might be this over here. Maybe there's that. Sometimes I get bored. I want to explore. Sometimes I want to PVP. Um, really, it's just kind of getting to play the game. I, I started out the game for a year solo, and now I'm kind of back to even amongst being around so many uh, discords and groups, I'm kind of back to playing solo again. So really just, you know, traveling around, doing what I doing what I feel at the time. Uh, whatever I can get most involved into and really just waiting on Odyssey to throw me back in even deeper. <laughs> <laughs> we feel you. We really do. New, <laughs> yeah. Whole new galaxy out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if we were to flip the switch and say time travel exists mm-hmm. and you could go back to your first day playing elite and give yourself any one piece of advice, what would that be? <sighs> Anyone or myself? I didn't hear uh, that part. You in particular. Oh, um, if I had to give myself, hmm, 
let the gas off with the PvP, even though you don't you don't feel well and you're prone to being ir- irritable. 450 plus commanders do not need to die in a single week just because a player group tried to frame you. It's a long story. <laughs> oh, that sounds really familiar to someone when, else I know, and I'm not keen. I'm not gonna. It's a it's a long yeah. story, uh, and I'm not gonna go into it. But uh, to paraphrase, when Power of Play came out, um, I had gotten irritable over someone trying to. I used to do like assassinations on people for hire that was just fun at the time and people mm-hmm. would pay, right. pay me uh from like the eic um and uh one day something happened and they tried to frame me about something not the eic but people associated with them and uh i was like all right well all right so power play was coming out and i went to denton uh petraeus's headquarters and of course because power play was out everyone was like you know, thought power play would be, and it, it kind of scratched a few itches, but everyone thought it would be this big, you know, um, you know, extra extension of BGS. So a lot of people uh, were in open and I definitely counted. I don't know how many people were copies of each other, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> how many people were repeats, but there were definitely a hundred and around 67 or hundred, 467 some odd commander deaths in that, uh, that one week of power play release. But uh, yeah, so it's okay. You don't feel good. It just calmed. <laughs> I believe that was also after that. I was like, you know what? Some of this Canon stuff looks interesting. <laughs> Cause I was like, I think I need to lay off here a little just, bit. Just back off a little bit. Wind it in love. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so that, that'd be it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and going, going forward. <laughs> Going forward now, looking in the future, what do you, what is something that you want from Odyssey that we don't already know about? Um, well, something we don't already know about. I would. Hmm. Do we know about that? I think <laughs> I would enjoy a more more in heavy encryption stuff. Now, I guess probably wouldn't want to get too deep because then you know people without backgrounds might not be able to figure certain things out um every uh but i would love more of that to be more prevalent on the surface of the game um i'd like a rekindling of you know many of the branching story arcs which you know we assume are coming but we don't know how that would look um right more um more ecologically dependent organics we have a lot of you know, variations in colors of brain trees or tubers or this and that. But we don't, what we don't have is, well, because this is the Lindigoticum version of uh, the brain trees, they have, you know, different, they have little spines on the end down here, or because this is the, you know, I would enjoy variations rather than just color changes, which I think is sounds to seems to be the intent or idea of having, I, mean, I don't know if it's proc gender or what, but uh, it seems to be kind of the idea. Um, I'm really excited for the, uh, the little plant gun. I'm very excited to sit for yeah. a mi- I don't care how simple that is. I will be sitting for many hours going back <laughs> to uh, yeah. run through everything we've already got, let alone the new oh, stuff. Yeah. I just do the, probably just do the old stuff yep. first, just because that sounds most fun. But yeah, I would I, more, more ecologically, 
dependent organics, more subspecies, like visible variation would be nice. And I'm sure with atmospheres being so different, different types that that should be a thing. But again, we don't know that for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, if you have time when you're mm-hmm. not, uh, when you're not playing elite, is there anything else that you like to play as far as games go? Uh, yeah. Um, between my N64 to Steam, uh, that's a lot of games. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, Yakuza 0 lately, the first Sega game I've enjoyed in a while. Um, uh, fighting games are good, single-player, multiplayer, RPG, indie horror games, um, puzzle, psychological stuff. I've been getting back into uh, KSP after a good hiatus after probably about 2000 hours or something in that <laughs> uh rust is pretty fun i play competitively for prizes in uh apex legends uh fps so nice uh, good variation but yeah uh then sometimes i like to just rip the pull the ripcord on my computer and plug my n64 and gamecube and all that back in <laughs> nice. where, I, where i don't where i don't have discord next to me <laughs> yeah yeah people asking questions they won't ask questions on n64 there's no trade chat there's no, no uh yeah no ethernet port that uh, i remember so yep <laughs> yeah absolutely um i think that brings us to the end of the like the main question section and that mm-hmm. means that it's time for the old lightning round um cool, cool. so we throw this right in at the end if you can Please try to answer as quickly and as accurately as possible. Um, I say accurately, I put accurately inverted commas as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. um, but yeah, we'll, we'll do that. If you're ready to do that, we shall begin. Yeah, good to go. Okay, excellent. What's your favorite ship? Uh, uh, FDL, praise be. <laughs> Least favorite <laughs> ship? Uh, Crusader. I don't know why they added that. What's the best ship? Mm, Ask Scout because it angers people without even having to gank them with it. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst <laughs> ship? Uh, that's going to have to be the Ask Scout. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> What's your favorite station? Uh, Parpatana Terminal in Nutari. It's really pretty there. And your favorite system? Mm, oh, that's a lot. Uh I always come back to Nutari as being my most visually favorite. So Nutari around 5C is really pretty. True or false? So the free anaconda at Hatton Orbital? Uh, no, but if you announce your intended visit there ahead of time, uh, you can certainly get interdicted by someone in an anaconda for free. These <laughs> <laughs> engineered or vanilla modules? Ooh, uh, engineered. I've been playing too long with it now. <laughs> Alliance, Federation, Empire, or Independent? Uh, independent. Who's your favorite power play leader? Mm, Yuri Grom, because he's a player group's power. That's pretty fun seeing that happen. If you run out of gas, do you call the fuel, fuel rats or do you suicide? Mm, fuel rats. If you have a low hull, do you call the hull seals? Do you keep going or do you suicide? Uh, I'm going to go with the crow on this one, or paralympics. <laughs> nice true or false there's a free fleet carrier at beagle point uh mm, there's a lot of decommissioned ones so maybe someone left the keys probably not though <laughs> thargoids friend or foe or undetermined uh undetermined 
And finally, flight assist on or off? Off. No questions asked. Always off. <laughs> nice. Sweet. Good answers. Good answers. Absolutely. I especially like the the repair limpets. We we probably need to add that in. No, we're not adding it. Answer. We're not adding it as an official answer. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Perfectly fine by me. (laughs) (laughs) So is there anything we haven't covered today that you would like to talk about? Mm, Not that I can think of. I would, um, I really just enjoy, uh, really wanted to come on to a couple different podcasts to let people know that, you know, if they're not, even if they're not interested in the lore, there are, you know, a ton of things like what we talked about from, cataloging to uh running through the apis and a lot of different ways to find things that aren't always lore related so and cryptography is always helped even if you're not interested in any of it you can certainly come to canon and if you have a background in figuring things out then that would certainly be of help (laughs) if you play elite that can be your side project so i always Mm -hmm. like to try and uh go around different player groups and kind of Hey guys, did you did you know about this that this exists and instill that you know it's there because a lot of people I feel get kind of well it does the game's big as it is but then you hop in and I feel right. like a lot of people they run and watch you know a couple of YouTube videos and they that's the title the best way to do this and they just get stuck you know at a res site or staring at a wall (laughs) or, you know, mining for, if I hear one more word about mining uh, after all this carrier stuff, I'm going to lose my mind, but uh, that's another story. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I didn't, I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. I I just, uh, yeah, I just, there's a lot of different avenues and I feel like a lot of people nowadays that elite has become more popularized. I feel like a lot of people kind of nix themselves, unfortunately, by, you know, hopping into all these videos What's the best way to do that? And then their curiosity kind of stops there because they assume, well, if they if they talked about that, then there shouldn't be anything else to in- investigate in the game, uh, which is yeah. you know definitely not the case. Definitely, yeah. it's interesting. I never I never really even thought about um, the, the explainer videos on YouTube having kind of a flattening effect to the curiosity curve. But you're right; that's a really good point. Yeah, because it, it's it's odd because you'll. In most games, just like I didn't really think about it until my friend, hey, remember that trailer? And then my mind started turning and like, wait, the trailer had obviously games have hidden things in the past. But with the way, you know, um, the level of um, hidden stuff was regarded to the UA after being found, I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of foreshadowing. And then to actually have that much detail rather than just, hey, here's this little place in the game you can go to. Um I feel, you know, there weren't, there wasn't as anywhere near as much content as there is for Elite now. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, kind of come to it like any other game, like I kind of did when I started and just, you just play the game. And then someone comes along and says, oh, there's something else I haven't checked out. And then just kind of leaves it vague for you. And then that kind of gets your mind going because it was the vagueness that got me interested. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it's, um, it's really, it's, I'm really, really grateful for um, you reaching out and us and um, wanting to come on because it's it's a um, another perspective that we haven't had before as well. Which um, mm-hmm. I, I love, I love. Me and Mal love talking to people. This is why we do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. it, it's really, really, it's really, really nice to just get um, all of these different perspectives. And um, anytime that we speak to 
and we've said this before that anytime we speak to somebody, um, be it be it yourself or be it sort of um unusual cupcake or um crispy tater tot, um, all of these um different conversations that we have, um, we're asking essentially the same questions, but it's still fresh. The answers that we're getting are still fresh, and I really yeah. like the way that so many people have so many different experiences out of one yeah. out of one game, and I, I just think it's great. Yes, so thank, thank you so much for for reaching out. Um, if anybody would yeah. like to connect with you or get to know you any better, where um, where can they find you on the internet? Um, well, uh, they can find me pretty easily in uh, on Discord with in Simbad regime, and uh, oh, really probably Simbad is the easiest one. There's no uh, no commitments to joining in there. It's a little, it's basically a tavern. It's just really big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so you have Sinbad on Discord. You can, of course, uh, you know, DM me if you like. And then there's Canon. Um, as far as anywhere else for social media, I don't really have much. I, I have a Twitch that I'm going to be doing starting up my voice acted lore tour stuff again. Not me voice acting, but we go <laughs> we go through uh, voice acted sections of the game with people that definitely, you know, did not know those stories existed there. Um, and we're going to be doing right. one, I believe next week, uh, as our time. And it's going to be with, uh, loose screws and some bad together. So, um, I can, uh, probably give you guys a, a link to that and put it in the description yeah. if you want. Yeah, um, we absolutely will. Yeah. And then I have, I, to do that. I have a, a little YouTube, um, vi- uh, channel, with professor one, which is literally just, uh, small videos covering some of my favorite voice acted bits of elite stories. So there's definitely um, some spoilers in there, but I usually make it a uh, cinematic on top of the, uh, on the voice acted bit. So it's mm. not just, you know, me staring at the logs. <laughs> so uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing too big, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to get back into doing Twitch again with the uh, elite leading up to Odyssey and then uh, yeah, see where that goes from there and hopefully get more people interested beforehand instead of when odyssey drops yeah. and there's this big bomb of i can run and then everyone's yeah. gonna forget that, <laughs> everyone's gonna forget that they can you know figure things out as they're running they yeah so, yeah it might be a little too much of a bombshell to uh, get people to hey guys don't have this tool before you go into odyssey and you'll have a lot more fun definitely uh, finding things <laughs> that's so yeah, cool so well, that, thank that's you. about it Thank you so much for coming yep. and talking to us. It's been fascinating yeah. um, and really, really, really interesting. So, yeah, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was fun. Man, that was so interesting. Officially mind blown. Oh yeah, my that gosh. was that was not at all what I what I was expecting. It was, it, it, it and it it was better somehow. Mm. It was so much better than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I was expecting. I don't know why I didn't expect. I didn't expect a PvP to run in line with Canon, and that's so. That's my the stigma yeah. in my head about it. That yeah. um, so, oh, if they if they can if someone is going to be a PvP, they're not going to be interested in the science as well. And right, right. Th- that 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 is rubbish. You should not feel like that. Um, people, people. Of course, people are going to be interested in more than one thing. That was so silly yeah. of me. But um, <laughs> yeah, it very very interesting. Such a um, such a cool discussion to have. Um, yeah. Around around that, and I and there was a big big portion in there which I understood maybe half of, 
but I'm very grateful that you guys could have that chat. <laughs> nerd out a little bit over yeah. some uh, star catalogs and things like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I it's also it was also interesting, and we didn't really focus on this a whole lot. But um, Commander Awan brought up the fact that for like a year, year and a half, he basically he, he was um, having some some personal issues that kept him from being able to get up and and go out and do mm-hmm. things and and interact with people. And Elite was that for him. Um, and that's not the first time we've heard that. And I don't think it's going to be the last. I don't. No, I don't. Um, I think, again, testament to the community as well in the fact right. that um, even sort of like early days, that community, that sense of community within the um, within Elite Dangerous is is super strong. Um, I I don't. I don't know if that's testament to space nerds or if that's testament to um, to the initial groundwork that Frontier put in. Um, I honestly, I honestly don't know, but it's, it's a really beautiful thing. It's a recurring theme. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So so beautiful. Like you were saying, you can log in and just expect to get one or two Oh sevens in that in-game chat Mm -hmm. and know they're just there. Hey man, what are you doing? Oh, great. I'll be there in a few minutes. I'm going to fly over to, I'll fly halfway across the bubble or all the way across the bubble and halfway across the galaxy to, to come mine tritium with you, you know, something that seems or sounds mundane on the surface, but it provides you an activity to kind of gather around while you just sort of get to talk about things that are happening either in game or IRL or whatever it is. I mean, when, when I was injured and I couldn't do the, um, couldn't do the sitting at the computer malarkey for a good seven months. We did so much rearranging of furniture and items and things in our house just so that, and I promise you, it was pretty much just so I could play Elite. I know that it sounds so silly. (laughs) It sounds so silly now, but there's definitely that element of being able to get out and get get away from everything yeah. in the extremest possible sense that just right. um that makes being confined to four walls um as uh, a little easier by be- yeah. having that escape and that, and that really rung true to me and it was a real like personal personal thing um it's i just bloody love this game man yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, hearing that, it, it reminds me of, there's a quote from Carl Sagan from Contact that keeps coming to mind when I hear people talking about that, like, you know, I'm trapped inside these four walls or I, I can't get out of my bed or it's hard for me to sit at the computer and I'll do anything I can to get into Elite and, and get back with my friends, with my community. The quote is something along the lines of, you feel so lost and cut off and so alone. But you're not, because in all of our searching, the only thing we found that makes the emptiness bearable is each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that statement sums up elite in the community so, so well. So well, that's 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 so lovely. That just got really heavy. Yeah, it really <laughs> did. It really did. That's all for this week. You can browse episodes and check out more information about the podcast at our website, flightassistpodcast.com. And you can stay up to date by following us on Twitter at flightassist underscore ed. Yep. 
And remember, like we've said, ad infinitum, this podcast is all about commanders and communities, and that means you. We'd love to hear the questions you want us to ask our guests. And if you're an elite dangerous commander and you want to be a guest on the podcast, do what Commander Awan did and just uh, reach out to us. If you know someone that you want to nominate to be a guest on the podcast, we need to know that too. Send us your questions and your information on Twitter by tagging flightassist underscore ed, by email to info at flightassistpodcast.com, via our Discord at discord.io forward slash flightassistpodcast, or by dropping us a line using the contact form on the website. Until next week, this is Commander Psykit and Commander Mal for the win, handing the controls back to you. Flight Assist off.